Welcome back, everybody. This is the Philly Experience Podcast with WHIP's Tanner Gilmartin and Sports Radio 94 WIP's Tyre Hood. I'm your host, Max Gretzold. It's great to be back with everybody today. Guys, how was your week? School going well? Sports kind of crazy? Trying to combine both of them. How are we feeling? I'm losing sleep. I just want y'all to know that. I don't know what sleep <laughs> is anymore, as a matter of fact. They work. Exactly right. See, I didn't work <laughs> on top of all that. So. I can't Tanner, help. how about you? Uh-oh. I'm just happy I was able to go out um, and enjoy some live sports. Um, a few days ago, Max and I were able to call the Roman Catholic game. I did see um, that. And that was fun. Yeah, I did. Just to see the, the guys in action in real time. Uh, it, it was fun. It's been a while, I'll tell you that, man. It's been not even just professional, but also at the high school level, just any kind of competition, and especially Roman Catholic being at such a high level um, you know, in their in their Catholic uh Philadelphia Catholic Division, it was great to see and a fun experience. So uh, without further ado, guys, we have a ton to get to today. Obviously, we want to touch on the Eagles' upcoming NFL draft, free agency as well, trying to cut down the cap situation, be able to clear as much space as possible, and then touch on some Sixers talk and obviously still first place in the conference, just dominated the Pacers the other night, played very well without Tobias Harris, still banged up with that knee injury. Then you have to touch on the Phillies, of course, at the very end here and look at, you know, the start of spring training guys, you know, trying to get adjusted, trying to get, you know, into the swing of things. Matt Joyce had a big home run. Hopefully, um, you know, his production can continue into the regular season, like maybe as a bench bat, of course, Brad Miller as well as another possibility. So let's go and start with the Eagles, of course, obviously, and, and roll in with, with the dread, with some free agent talk. We want to kind of put the Hertz and Wentz talk aside because, you know, we've had time to digest the Wentz trade. So when you look at how to clear cap space, what players to get rid of, and, and not only that, but you have to look at Alshon Jeffrey already gone. Deshaun Jackson will already be gone as well. So when you look at depending on who they draft is a big factor here because then you have to take free agency. I, I guess I guess it's reverse, actually. You have to look at who you sign, right? And then you look at, you know, based off of that, who you draft. So going into free agency, where do you think the Eagles' mindsets are at as far as who to draft, maybe even a position, not specific players, because at the end of the day, if you go into the draft and you're going to take a wide receiver, right, free agency, you're probably not going to go out there and put a lot of money into the receiver position because you're going to rely on the Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. So where do you think the Eagles are at as maybe like a buy-low candidate in a position of need? Uh, I mean, can they buy anything? I mean, do, that's, that's the that's the, my question. I mean, even if we do clear off some of these huge contracts, you know, we've already, as you said, it stated before, we've already released Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, you know, is going to be released. Zach Ertz is either going to be traded or released. I say more or less likely at this point he's going to be released because everybody knows that they can't keep him. So the Eagles have no leverage. So at this point, they're just going to outright release him. And then you, you still have, you know, question marks, you know, what is the team going to do with Brandon Graham? You know, I'm also hearing about Fletcher Cox as well, possibly either a restructure of his contract or him possibly being on the move. And also a player that you just traded for in the last offseason in Darius Slade, which you just renewed his contract after you traded him. So even if they do clear off some of these huge contracts, they're still going to be in cap hell. I'm sorry. They're still going to be over the cap. There's, there's, it's going to be very hard for the Eagles to do anything via free agency, and I, I just don't see a scenario where they can be huge buyers. Like they may be able to bring in somebody that's low end, maybe, but it's not going to be, you know, 
a, a, a game changer. You know, one of those guys that we're used to, you know, coming in and possibly making a contribution or somebody that we're, we're talking about and we're overhyping, you know, in the offseason like we usually do. So I, it's going to be kind of hard for them to do anything with the cap situation, which really puts more stress on the draft. The Eagles are going to have to focus on one position. Uh, in free agency and the rest they're going to have to be taken care of in the draft because as we mentioned that this team does not have enough money uh, to make these kind of moves so there's going to be players that are going to have to be their contracts restructured just like T was getting into you have Zach Ertz um, at in 2021 this year um, I believe he's getting what 8.25 million dollars um, for that for his last year then you have guys like they're already um, on the move from Malik Jackson and you have Marquise Goodwin who didn't play at all um, due to um, COVID um, the last season. But I think they're going to try to restructure his contract because you're going to have to have depth and at least somebody who has played the uh, wide wide receiver position at all um, on this team. And I, I like Marquise Goodwin and I think he, he's a good asset to a team uh, now with Jalen Hurts under center um, at this point. Um, but I think what's going to happen is I think Zach Ertz is going to be on the move, and that's that's how the Eagles are going to get some cap space left. But I think that's going to be after free agency. I think that's going to be on draft day, uh, maybe day three. Uh, we're going to see Zach Ertz be moved from that team, but that gives us um, $8.5 million. And then you have Derek Barnett, who the Eagles are going to have to pay $10 million, or it's going to be a $10 million cap hit. Um, that's a guy who – what does he have? Um, correct me if I'm wrong. You think he has like 19, 19 and a half sacks on the on, I think um, career wise maybe. Yeah, possibly um, because of the fact that you know he's a first round pick, so he's going to command a lot of money, especially if we pick right. up his option, right? Right. Yeah. So I think you have to go out and get maybe a cornerback with that money that you have saved up for free agency. It's going to be a cornerback. Obviously it's not going to be a game changer like T mentioned, uh, but it's going to be a guy that's going to bring upper depth uh, to this team that we have, you know, Avanta Maddox, um, who is not really cutting it uh, for us. You're going to have to have a guy that complements Darius Slay. If you don't go for a cornerback in that sixth overall pick. Yep. Would you be able I- to consider them possibly a cornerback maybe in the second or third round without having to go out and spend your top dollar on a corner. Just kind of how we did with Darius Slay, right? We had to go out there and trade for him, and not only that, then sign him to that big extension. Do you want to do that with a second corner as well? Maybe not as much money, but the same kind of concept. You do need another corner opposite of Darius Slay should you decide to keep him. And also, even if you do decide to get rid of Darius Slay, either way, you you still need two outside corners. Um, The argument that I've made this entire season is that we have so many slot corners who really need to be on in the slot and not on the outside, a la Avante Maddox. Avante Maddox should not be on the outside. He should be in the slot. All right, Cravion LeBlanc, I think he's a decent slot corner. However, there are times when he played on the outside, and that was, you know, that produced a negative result. So also the fact that he didn't play too, too much this season uh, due to injury, but – you still need two outside corners and whether you address that through free agency, whether you find somebody, you know, on the low end, you know, in a trade or you draft somebody in the second or third round, I think the cornerback position does need to be addressed. It's the reason why, you know, as much as I think that they're probably going to go right receiver, um, six overall pick, there is that possibility that certain is going to be the pick because you do need someone opposite 
of Darius Slay. In regard, like I said before, regardless of the fact that if you get rid of Darius Slay or you keep him, you still need outside corners. You cannot no, you cannot continue to go forward with this team and and put out five nine five ten slot corners when the average right receiver now is six two six three. It, it's it's a mismatch waiting to happen. See, we've heard some NFL exec- executives not really harp on the size factor, especially if they have the speed to keep up with these receiver or with the receivers like you mentioned, the six two six three receivers. So we'll see what happens. I sat here on the show last week and said. I would not be opposed to taking Zach Wilson, depending on what the capital would be. Now that I've had a week to digest things, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm against it completely. But I definitely see your point with the fact that there's definitely bigger holes, bigger needs on this team. And cornerback, I'm coming around to the fact that, you know, it's a definitely probably even a bigger need than a wide receiver at this point, especially opposite of Darius Slate because of how poor the defense was last year. Oh, you came now, to your senses. <laughs> and I, and I, I definitely understand that point. My point, uh, that I want to add on to that and reiterate is the fact that maybe with, you know, certain, I don't know how high he would go. That's the key here. He has been in mock drafts around pick 12 to 15, where we haven't seen chase or Smith fall, maybe past the top 10 in most mock drafts. So from that standpoint of things, it makes me think, okay, maybe the receiver is the right way to go. But I think a lot of people now are coming around to the fact that the dolphins or, or the dolphins, excuse me, might take Jamar Chase at that third overall slot and have a weapon there for Tua. So I think we are all in agreement here, and we continue to say this, that we would be fine with any pick. Um, I know you two are completely out on the quarterback option. Mm-hmm. But for me, if you can grab Devontae Smith at pick six and, and you know make your bed with it and just you know walk away from the table, I think we could all uh, agree that that would be perfectly fine. Now, to build up your like three or four, maybe even five positions through the draft this year, especially with the track record Howie Roseman has of not even having a pro bowler since Carson Wentz, who he didn't even want and got rid of. I just don't think you can bank on that uh, going into this draft. You know, just hope on getting one pro bowler out of this. You can't look at this and be like, okay, let's get a diamond in the rough in the fourth round. You can hope and pray all you want. But the, the fact of the matter is you have no track record whatsoever. And, and we should, probably shouldn't even have any confidence either that that will happen, Tanner. Yeah, um, the Eagles really cannot afford to reach on this sixth overall pick. Max, you mentioned uh, Sertain going at maybe 12-15. I think the best option, and now I'm still not set on Devontae Smith becoming a NFL top wide receiver. Um, I mean, that's going to be yet to set, say. We're going to have to see how he plays. But uh, I think that's the guy you're going to have to go with. Or, you know, Patrick Sertain. I, I, either of those two I wouldn't be upset with. Of course, no one can predict the future, so you're not going to know if you pick one guy as a Boston and the other guy becomes a Hall of Famer. You're, never, you're not going to know until it happens. Um, yeah, I was hoping one of you guys would bring up Kyle Pitts um, getting <laughs> drafted at the sixth. I'm not a fan of that, really? um, to be honest. I don't know where you guys are on this, but drafting a tight end um, – to you know, for that twelve-man personnel, I don't know if I would do that in a draft. I think I would go more so of a veteran to complement Dallas Goddard instead of you know spending your sixth overall draft yeah. pick on another tight end. So you have two young tight ends. Then I'm not sure I like that because you have Gerald Everett and uh, Trey Burton. Now they're not flashy, flashy guys, but they're guys that can produce and that that can still play in an NFL level in free agency right now. Um, 
Kyle Pitts, now he's a player that definitely deserves to be drafted sixth overall. Uh, he's a talented player. Um, I know because I've watched him on the Gators for for a while, and I like his production, but I don't think that's the way I want to go. Now, what do you guys think? It's interesting that you say that because, you know, working with, you know, WIP and, you know, filling phone calls and listening to what people say, you know, you do have to know the players. So, you know, I've done extensive research on Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts isn't your average tight end. All right. Kyle Pitts is essentially, you know, a right receiver in a tight end's body. Like they don't line him as a, as a traditional inline tight end. All right. They, they put him out wide, you know, up against smaller corners and safeties. And, you know, that's where, you know, his production really comes from. Like do what, would I be comfortable with them drafting Kyle Pitts? Yes. I would, Still go to sleep comfortable. Would I like it necessarily? Eh, not really because it, you need a dynamic playmaker on the outside. Like we have, play, we once again, we have slot receivers. We have a lot of slot receivers who I think can dominate in the middle of the field. However, we need outside dynamic playmakers. That's the one thing that we lack. And I don't care what kind of offense that you run. You need outside right receivers. And Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase would would fill those needs. So, like I said, Kyle Pitts is still a playmaker that I would need on the offensive end. And I wouldn't be mad about it. But I just don't think that's like a top priority need drafting him. Kyle Pitts is a, a superstar talent. Um, we all can agree with that. Uh, Tanner, again, we both have watched him a ton of games in Florida. Catching all those balls from Kyle Trask, we both know that. But the thing for me is, uh, you know, behind closed doors, we have our own personal relationships where we go back and forth, you know, talking about all the guys for the draft. And I've had conversations with a couple of buddies of mine about Kyle Pitts and taking him a pick six. Now, the more I think about this team and you need a team, you know, hit hit the nail right on the head, you know, the playmaker we need on the outside is most important. So I think if you have Smith or Pitts there, I don't think I could pull the trigger on Pitts and having Demonte Smith, you know, being left on the board because he's so dynamic with his speed, his route running on the outside. Um, He would, he would step in here day one and just be an automatic stud in my opinion, Heisman trophy winner, best college program in the country track record that dates back, you know, even to when Tua took a by low one, the championship with that touchdown pass against Georgia in the last game, I believe it was a 2018 uh, season for college football. So you have a guy there at pick six and, you know, people at some point, you know, are overlooking him. I mean, a lot of these drafts in my opinion, have Jamar chase ahead of Demonte Smith. And I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that. I get the size factor with chase, but what I've seen from Devontae Smith, just being able to blow past defenses, not even the corner uh, alone, but also the safety. It's super impressive. So I don't think I can pull the trigger on Pitts. But real quick here before we wrap up the Eagles point, touch on the tanking option here that people have seen brought up. Um, I know most people think it's a stupid idea, but there is about 25% of the population that are Eagles fans that think it's not a terrible idea. So, Tanner, I'll go to you first here with the tanking. Now, you know, when we talk about tanking, you get to look at the fact that what are we talking about here? You know, are we talking about just destroying the whole team? Um, maybe tearing it down. We also have to look at the fact that our division isn't that sh- that you know great. Are you talking about maybe a trading away Ertz, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham? I mean, all of these guys that have won the Super Bowl and been a part of our team for so many years. Are you thinking about you know maybe halfway rebuilding, you know halfway restructuring, you know whatever word that you want to use? Where's your head at with it when it comes to tanking? Well, I got news for you guys. This team's already destroyed. All right, we've seen that happen <laughs> the last two seasons. Uh, they've just been falling apart. 
a lot. And the thing with us Philly fans is we want something, and then when it happens, we want something else. All right, we're not going to be happy with tanking uh, the whole season. That's just not what this Philadelphia city wants in a football team. But sometimes it's necessary to tank uh, to get those draft picks and, and become another Super Bowl contending team in a few years after that. But I don't know if I like that decision right now. You have Jalen Hurts uh, starting his first, uh, well, presumably, uh, starting his first NFL season. Um, and then you have these young guys you're bringing in. I don't know if if tanking is the best option. Maybe if we didn't have the sixth overall pick this year, um, maybe go ahead and, and tank. But I think this team can still make a push um, for the division. All right. If maybe the, these teams like the Giants and the Cowboys were looking a little different, I, I would maybe change my mind. But right now, I don't think tanking is, is the best way to go about this, especially also you have Nick Sirianni coaching his first team. So I think there's going to be struggles anyway. So you focus on tanking uh, when these guys want to win and prove themselves in the league. Then you go ahead next year after we tank and you're like, oh, can Jalen Hurts even be quarterback? We don't know again. Um, it's just too much, too much confusion you're adding to it. Uh, yeah. Too much drama, and I think uh, we stay, and I think the Eagles play as hard as they can and don't focus on draft picks. This is a sport where the next play could be your last play, and I think the last thing these guys want in the back of their minds is the idea of tanking. If you guys remember that last game that we allegedly tanked, all right, there were rumors coming out that a lot of the players were upset about how everything went down, considering the fact that Jalen Hurts got benched for really no dog on good reason. And, you know, the tank, it was the tank. Too, it was it was the tank. Uh, yes, <laughs> it was to tank. Yes. But there were players still upset about it. So I don't agree with the idea of tanking from a player's perspective, especially considering that these guys are putting their bodies on the line. So you're just going to put out a lesser product because you're trying to tank for draft picks. No, like Tanner said, you have a new coach in Nick Sirianni who's never been a head coach before. I can almost predict that this team is going to go through some issues. As a matter of fact, because there's holes at just about every damn position on this team, all right, yeah. there is going to be a struggle. All right, you ain't going to need the tank. All right, this roster is depleted of good talent. You're not going to need the tank. The team, the talent's going to speak for itself or the lack thereof. I'm sorry. Like, there's no need to tank. I'm sorry. It, no, yeah. no. As a competitor, I cannot sit here and say that, you know, no, I, I just cannot fold and cannot wrap my head around the idea of tanking. I don't care what the purpose is. I just can't. You know, there's so many question marks at this point with clearing cap space. Who's going to be here? Who's not going to be here? Then you got to look at free agency. Who are we going to sign? Who are we not going to sign? You have to look at the draft. Who are we going to draft? Then you have to look at just the new coaching staff in general. Will Nick Sirianni be able to be a good head coach with his new system? Will the offensive line be healthy? I mean, so you can only base really this off of your gut reaction. And my gut reaction is I just don't have so much confidence um, in the fact that we can win the division. You know, and, and let that's let's put the wild card thing aside because of the fact that we're probably not going to win the wild card. You look at the Cardinals just picking up J.J. Watt yesterday, getting $31 million for two years. I mean, the other teams in the NFC are just bolstering their rosters. The only way we have a shot at this is through a division title, and I think with Dak Prescott coming back healthy, it's going to put a wrench in our plan. So gut feel on this whole thing is definitely that, you know, maybe we can get more than four wins like we did last season, but I don't see us going eight, eight and eight, maybe even over 500 and, and walking away with the division title. That's just my gut feel. <laughs> Yeah. But let's roll in here, guys. Next topic here and touch on and, and mention the Sixers. They're playing great basketball still. I know a tough loss a few days ago to the Cleveland Cavaliers, excuse me, 
and, and bouncing back and dominating the Pacers the other night and playing really well without Tobias Harris, who should be back uh, against Utah, if not after the All-Star break, of course. And I think they're missing his production. But we sit here every week on, on the show and talk about the bench. And it's been a problem, except for the other night against the Pacers, where Furkan Korkmaz goes crazy, hits six triples off the bench, and Shake Milton has, I believe, 26 points overall. So super impressive. Two guys that you can rely on off your bench, at least for one game. Now, will they be consistent? That's the question mark. But I'll go to Tanner first here with, with the bench. I know we both agree that if we want to compete with the Nets, it, you know we need to make another move. And obviously playing against a team like the Indiana Pacers, who is still solid but not top-notch talent, can't tell you too much about the playoffs and in the future. But when you look at this bench, and, and you got to look forward here. I know it's tough, right? It's tough because you know, you've only played the Nets a couple times this year, and that no one, neither team has been at full strength when we've played them. Because uh, especially the first time with Seth Curry and, and the COVID protocols, but we haven't played them again, and we're playing teams. But you can't really go to your GM and say, "Hey, we need this." If you're Doc Rivers or this, when you don't match up against you know the Bucks yet, especially and also the Nets. So where's your head at as we head into this All Star break with with the bench rolls? I know we want to get hyped up over one game from Cork Maz going crazy, but hey, again, we have one. to be <laughs> we have to we have to be realistic, I guess. At the end of the day, is what I'm saying. Well, before I start, I just want to bring up that Ben Simmons shot a three and made the three against the Cavaliers. All right, let me continue. So uh, <laughs> what I really like about this Sixers team right now going into the All-Star in break is how Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are divvying up points more evenly between each other. Uh, ben Simmons still driving in and scoring. He, he likes that scoring. Obviously, he's not going to go to the perimeter every time. and But that seems to be working for him right now uh he's getting the most amount of points in these last coming games um and Joel Embiid still you know still leading this team with points um he's taking over this team earlier in the season I said maybe um it, it was still going to be you know Ben Simmons team coming out of the bubble but it definitely um and, and later I did say it was Joel Embiid taking over and that's that's proven because Joel Embiid is is really just taking over I he's still leading MVP I believe uh, candidate and it's just impressive we mentioned the bench and we were concerned about how the bench uh was going to play uh, going into the playoffs but right now this is this is co- a confidence builder uh seeing shake milton Furkan Korkmaz, even mike scott really participate um in, in the scoring um of yesterday's game and how they picked up the pace they're clicking now and but i still need that starting i still need that starter uh, on this Sixers team. All right, you have Seth Curry and Danny Green, both very inconsistent, and they're inconsistent on different days. You're excited that Danny Green's finally scoring. Then the next day, Seth Curry gets one point, and then it's it's inconsistency. You you can't have that going into the playoffs on, on a team that's wants to push all the way and that needs to push all the way because they're in buy now, or they're in win now mode, it seems like the Sixers are. So, okay. I I know I know you know we basically made in the Indiana Pacers you know our children you know yesterday <laughs> night it, that's basically what happened. I, however, it, Tanner mentioned it. There's two outliers that still concerns me. All right, first off, Danny Green is still like one of the most horrible shoot. No, it, it one, yeah he got to be one of the most horrible shooters on this squad. Like it is absolutely ridiculous. He, he went one for five last night. One for five. 
from the field and the three-point line. All right? You only scored three damn points. All right? What? What? Seriously. Like, what is your purpose on this team? Because at this point, you barely play any defense. You, you definitely ain't contributing anything offensively. Like, seriously. What's he here for? Thank you, Tanner. What are you here for? Like, okay. He needs to be part of a trade piece. I'm sorry. You need another starter. I know we, we go in and out about the bench, and yes, the bench does need help because you can't rely on, you know, you can't rely on the bench to be scoring all these points, all right? The fact the fact that Shake Milton scored 26 points, you, you can't rely on that every night. All right, Ferkman Corkmas actually shows, you know, that he is a part of this team all of a sudden and scores 19 points off the bench. But once again, you can't rely on that, all right? Mike Scott contributed with 11 points. He was filling in for Tobias Harris, you can't rely on that. I'm sorry. Like, that's why I need more scoring from my starters. And the fact that I can live with Seth Curry being a little bit more inconsistent because I know eventually when that shot gets to, gets to going, it's hot. Like he, he's, he's hot. He's good. Danny Green, like, he'll have one game, one good, decent game, like, every two, three weeks, and then all of a sudden he disappears. He's gone. Like, he, he, <laughs> Hard to argue that. Yeah, we we need another starter. <laughs> we uh, talked about Danny Green and, you know, me specifically always mentioning the box scores. And I don't know how many times I've said that he's gone one of seven, one of six, two of five. You know, I get he's out there to shoot threes. And listen, Moss, I mean, this guy is out there taking 13 three-pointers. I'm perfectly fine with that because that's where the NBA is trending towards nowadays. You just want to start jacking threes. You give it to Danny Green. I was fine. He missed four of those three-pointers, but every one that he took, I was like, okay, shoot it. You know, that's what you're out there. 40 miles, we'll take a three. Same thing with Cork Moss. I want to credit Joel Embiid, not only his scoring, but how many times did we see Joel Embiid against the Pacers take that double team, just flip that cross-court pass perfectly over to Cork Moss in the corner? It happened twice, and, and both times was a wide-open knockdown three. So I've been very hard on Cork Moss in his time in a six-year outfit. Um, and again, it's not going to stop because the inconsistency <laughs> factor is what gets me and it irks me because I know this guy can shoot, man. We've seen it just, just start balling out from beyond the arc. Uh, we saw a couple handles, a couple of nice spin moves, I uh, believe last night as well against the Pacers. So I'm not, of course you have to get this guy in the rotation. I think at one point he lost some minutes to Isaiah Joe, which even I question because I know, uh, for damn sure that Isaiah Joe is not better than Cork. Uh, oh. even I can say that, but, uh, but no, I think Korkmaz, if he if he gets the open shot, he can knock it down. And that's what I think is big for us as we walk towards this all-star break, even in the playoffs as well. He's going to be called upon to contribute off the bench. And I agree. I think Danny Green and whoever else you want to add to a trade is going to be needed to get a starter. Because the more I think about it, I don't, I'm not saying I'm rely on Shake Milton for 26 points a night. But I think I can rely on Shake Milton for 15 points a night. And uh, I will accept that. Uh, without a doubt, I think I can rely on Cork Maz, depending on the minutes for three, maybe four three pointers on a good night. If he goes crazy hot and gets six, that's you know much welcomed. We all know that you asked for a lot there, my friend. <laughs> and then you have you have Matisse Stiebel as well off the bench for defensive capabilities. So when you look at the bench now, obviously we want the starter, and I don't want to name names here because we touched on Kyle Ariel Depot. You know the list goes on and on. I think any starter we get will be better than Danny Green. But the key is the bench to get that fourth guy. What position of need is it? Because you have Dwight Howard obviously just strictly in there for backup center purposes. Do we need to add another shooter? Do we need to add another creator to score the basketball off the dribble? I don't think we need another facilitator because you kind of have Shake Milton to do that. Maybe even Tyrese Maxey uh, gets a little chip in minutes as well. And obviously Ben Simmons who plays um, maybe around 35 minutes a game, which is pretty crazy and uh, obviously just not even in his prime yet. 
but for you guys with a bench, where are you looking at as far as getting a, you know, a, a shooter? You need a shooter on this team. Yeah. Uh, we've expressed this already. You got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid who perform better when there's shooters on the team and you brought Danny Green and Seth Curry in to do just that. And it hasn't been successful. So you yeah. need to improve before this trade deadline uh, because this team right now uh, they've been playing better. Of course, you, you, we mentioned that Cavs loss, which is going to happen o- over the, over the season. We've seen it happen with teams like the Bucks. All right. The Bucks are seeming to uh, pick up the pace as of late, but the Sixers team, if they want to make a heavy push into the playoffs and get to the finals, they need that fifth. They need that piece. Uh, they need that starter. Definitely. Hey, y'all, we got a caller on. Go ahead, man. Introduce yourself. I am a soup out of Lansdale. What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, Soup. What's up? Hey, Soup. Yeah, I hope everyone's doing well. I just want to briefly speak on the uh, upcoming draft with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Mm, go ahead. All right. So, yeah, I personally, I, what do you guys think uh, they're going to go position-wise? I'm, I'm hearing a lot. Uh... A lot of QB talk, and um, I honestly, the way this QB draft is looking, I wouldn't don't 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 fight me on this. I wouldn't exactly be opposed to drafting a quarterback. This is a yeah, sure. Come lot, to the squad, baby. It's a lot of talent. It's a, it is a lot. Listen, it's a lot of talent, but I also agree that there's a lot of pieces that need to be filled besides besides obviously QB. Now, I would where I wouldn't be opposed to drafting a QB if I were the GM currently, I would def- I wouldn't draft a QB to the simple fact that I feel like Hurt had I feel like he has some potential. And we yeah. have to give him a chance. We have to give him the year, you know, see what he has. And uh we have Penny Sewell, the old ex uh, who looks really good. I wouldn't mind drafting him. Obviously Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, those are two top receivers that we grab out of the draft. Even Jalen Waddle for that matter. Or uh, even Patrick Sertan, I would love to see him. I mean, we could use another co- a good corner. So, uh, what do you guys? What are you guys thinking? Let me take that first, T. Uh, so thank <laughs> you for joining the show, spreading some light on these other two fellows. First of all, second of all, my thing I think we can both agree on with Jalen Hurts is we're big picture guys, right? And I look at winning a Super Bowl, and I don't see Jalen Hurts standing on that podium raising a Lombardi Trophy. I really don't. I think Zach Wilson's arm talent is 10 times that of Jalen Hurts. And I think the Eagles organization, if you go in this direction with Hurts, is basically just going to try to, you know, game manage or Hurts, right? He's going to try to game manage. Hopefully you surround him with a couple of superstars at the end of the day, maybe six years down the road, and catch lightning in a bottle again. I think with Zach Wilson, you have a superstar arm talent right there that he can create and make bad players look good, just how Wentz did before he got shown the door. So I think we're both on the same page when it comes to that. I think at this point right now, even though I wouldn't be opposed to Wilson, I think we are on the same page where we want to give Hertz that year just to see what he can do. But at the end of the day, in the back of our minds, we're thinking, you know what, if they do take Wilson, I'm not going to be one of those Philly fans that just is going to, you know, crap all over the situation because I think we both know when you look at Zach Wilson and Jalen Hurts, we both know who the better quarterback is. Oh, wait a minute. Time out. Pause. Oh, Excuse me? Wow. Who's the better quarterback? Zach Wilson's qu- better than Jalen Hurts. So, Are you, what so is wrong Jalen with Hurts you? Is not, is not better than Zach Wilson. All right, all right. All right. You know what? My turn. No, it's my turn. Because I'm going to slap some common sense into this conversation. All right. First and foremost, all right, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is the answer. All right. We don't know that yet. That's yet to be determined. All right. We don't know. However, given that, okay, 
This man has been in charge of some serious programs. All right. This man has this man was the starter at Alabama for three years. Last season was at Oklahoma. All right. Look, I understand everybody's question marks with Jalen Hurts, but Zach Wilson is out is coming from BYU. BYU. Are you kidding me right now? BYU? Seriously. People, people, listen. Uh, and it does it doesn't make sense. From this standpoint, from this standpoint of view, it does not make sense. The fact that you're going to draft another damn quarterback when you just drafted one this past season in the second round. You need playmakers. Listen, I don't care when you drafted a quarterback. Like you still need playmakers to help that quarterback out. I don't care what quarterback that is. Me personally, I never thought that high of Eli Manning throughout his entire career because he's always had, you know, dynamic playmakers. However, given that, he's always had playmakers around him to help him out and help him with his career. So, like, it does not matter what quarterback you draft in the NFL. You still need talent to surround him. All right, T. Well, here's the thing. You're wrong. I'm right. Uh, Sue, thank you for uh, coming on and joining the show. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Thanks for coming on and joining the show. We always appreciate you uh, giving your input, of course, as always. Call back anytime. Though. All right, let me let me go in on this. Um, so, obviously, we're going to start over. If we drift uh, Wilson, it, it's just going to be starting over again. Um, now, this would be the ideal time to do so but then you have to deal with we never gave Jalen Hurts a chance we never were able to see what kind of player he was um then he goes on another team and we meet him in the Super Bowl uh, or, or something along those lines now Jalen Hurts I think I'm confident enough that he's going to be able to lead this team now I'm not saying he's a superstar quarterback Hall of Famer already obviously that's not that's that's not what what he is but what he is is a leader and on this team right now, you have, aside from Rager, Fulgham, and Ward, which you would put Wilson in there and he'd be throwing to those guys because we don't know where Marquise Goodwin is going. You have Whiteside, Burnett, Hightower, and Tate, who all combined for 46 catches, 737 yards career-wise. All right, there, there's a huge problem in the wide receiver market. You already have a quarterback that established himself a little bit last season with Jalen Hurts. Why go out and waste your pick again on a quarterback when you need to improve the wide receiver position right now immediately? We know the story already because it's been the same story the past three years with the Eagles at wide receiver. Then for me, it's cornerback and then maybe defensive tackle because we already mentioned Malik Jackson's not going to be here. You got old man Fletcher Cox. Um, and you got uh, who else? Hargrave, who hasn't proved himself. Um, yeah, Wide receiver. That I can't see picking up a quarterback, Max. I just can't. I understand you like Zach Wilson. But after Trevor Lawrence, the other quarterbacks are just no one's short of. All right. Everyone yes. went to Trevor Lawrence's pro day. Yes. Um yeah, I'm thinking nah, I can't I can't go with Zach Wilson and then have Jalen Hurts sitting on the bench again and then have more quarterback controversy. That's what not what this team needs. This team needs to win now. Be, not win now the Super Bowl. I'm talking about they need to win games, more than four games. They need to prove themselves. There's guys on here that are stretching out the rest of their contract. They need to prove themselves on this team, see if the Eagles need to spend money on them. 
Now, T, I know you're in the same boat as me. Yeah, Max. Oh, you piece of Swiss cheese. Yeah, talk some common well, sense. Listen, listen, first of all, the reason you do it, the reason you're asking why do you do it, the reason you do it is because Zach Wilson, is, I'm willing to put all my eggs in his basket and say that he's better than Jalen Hurts on day one stepping onto the football field. That's why you do it, because you bank on the fact that he's better than Jalen Hurts. But I definitely understand the point here. I'm not saying I would go for it. I'm, I'm saying I would not be opposed as many Eagles fans would be and, and throw a riot if they do go the quarterback direction. Mm -hmm. I still think the beneficial way here is you need to find out what you have in Jalen Hurts and take the receiver or the offensive weapon, the corner, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, I think if they don't take an offensive weapon, if they don't take Kyle Pitts or Smith, you're not really helping out Jalen Hurts at all. You, if you're going with the direction and finding out if Jalen Hurts is the guy, you need to surround him with some weapons like Devontae Smith or, or Pitts, whoever it may be. You need to take an offensive weapon piece just to give him something. Um, and, and then you say at the end of the day, okay, if he's not able to produce this season, you go in a different direction. If they were to take Wilson, I don't go into this season with Wilson and Hurts on the team. I'm trading Hurts. I don't want another quarterback controversy. You guys are thinking, okay, if we take Wilson, then you know Hurts and him are going to be in the same locker room. That's not true. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying get rid of Hurts. Don't have a controversy. Flow with Wilson. See what happens. But in my opinion, I'm still going the direction of taking Smith or Chase at pick six right now. Maybe even Pitts. I'm not opposed to it. Wouldn't be my first choice. But if you're going to go in that direction, you're taking – offensive piece and having Jalen Hurts see what he can do with it and give him a year. Now, I think you and a lot of other people are falling for this media trap and thinking that Zach Wilson is going to be a better quarterback than he actually is. And I just, I'm not sold on him. Why get rid of Jalen Hurts and just have Zach Wilson over there? And then for him to fail, that's his rookie season uh, with the guys, because you can't get, you can't get chase and, and you can't get Smith if you pick him at sixth. So then you have him throwing to a bunch of guys that I mentioned are terrible. Um, and then it's just not fun for anybody. Then you go into the next draft and you still need to draft another quarterback. I, I know I know you see the point of drafting a wide receiver, the necessity that it definitely. is to this season. Yeah, definitely. But listen, you guys probably haven't watched a single BYU game. And all I'm saying, I'm Mr. BYU whoa, whoa, over whoa, here. Whoa, 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 I did whoa. watch a few Zach Wilson performances. And this guy, his arm talent, he makes plays and his college tape and he's making some plays that Patrick Mahomes did at Texas Tech with the way he's falling and throwing. The, his arm talent is skyrocketed way ahead of Jalen Hurts. Now, Jalen Hurts might be a pretty accurate quarterback to be able to throw those seven, eight-yard slants to the outside with accuracy. But when you want to take a guy and have him take you to the next level, Zach Wilson has the arm talent to do so. And, and just go and watch the highlights of it, T. I'm telling you right now, he can run a little bit. But at the end of the day, Mahomes is not a strictly a runner. He can run a little bit. He's not Lamar Jackson out there. Okay. And you don't have a quarterback taking off and running a billion times a game. You, you, do, you do realize I'm Mr. Film Guy of the group. Like, yeah, you, you I, act like I haven't seen or I'm not watching Zach Wilson. I'm not denying his talent. All right, yes, the dude is talented. Yes, he has a powerful arm. Yes, he can pretty much put that ball anywhere mobile. he wants to on Good the field. Presence. Yes, he's mobile. Size. Yes, all these things. All yes, the boxes all this, are checked. Yes, all these things that, you know, every franchise once you know who else checked those boxes Carson freaking Wentz and where is he at right now oh, traded okay, away to the but, Indianapolis Colts listen if All I'm right? getting Carson Wentz and, and Zach Wilson maybe Zach Wilson stays healthy and you get a perennial pro bowl you are if Wentz not, doesn't get hurt we all know Wentz will still be here if he doesn't tear an ACL back in 2017 another Carson Wentz situation are you kidding me right now L listen as, listen as the Carson Wentz fan who, who I think got treated you know on very unfairly and only towards the end did he act like a you-know-what? Only towards the end of the situation, and you can't blame him because of what the organization did to him the whole time. I'm not – no. as a Carson Wentz fan, 
throughout this whole process. If that's the kind of talent you're getting out of the draft, how, how do you say no to that? Because you need a damn playmaker for him to throw to in the first damn place. I don't care what quarterback you are. Any playmaker, any you put playmakers on an offense, any damn quarterback will look good. All right, look at Alex Smith when he first got to the Kansas City Chiefs, and they, have, they put playmakers around him. Let's be honest here. Alex Smith is not that good of a quarterback, but guess what? Because of the playmakers that they put around him, he was successful until they drafted Patrick Mahomes. And speaking of Patrick Mahomes, how dare you compare Zach Wilson to Patrick yeah. Mahomes? Have you lost your damn mind what is I wrong compared, with you no 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 i compared texas tech patrick mahomes to byu zach wilson i did not compare kansas city chiefs patrick mahomes to zach I think, wilson to BYU. T, I think max is watching a lot of sports center he, he's ready he's hyped up for this draft and it's going to be really exciting uh being able to sit with you guys and watch the draft live um and have our reactions on here because it, one of us as, is going to be as, salty as one we can see salty <laughs> As we can see, no one knows what the heck's going on, uh, and no one knows what Howie Roseman is going gonna, is gonna to pull out of that empty hat that he has. Um, it's going to be surprising. <laughs> and Max mentioned, I don't think – there's going to be one of us that's not going to be happy. Um, I think – but I, I think we're all pretty much on the same page that we need to draft a wide receiver first. All right, we can get in this Zach Wilson business, but in reality, you need to draft a wide receiver first. Now, if this team was different, if the wide receivers were better, you go, maybe, maybe we give Max the, the opportunity uh, to go ahead and enjoy the Eagles drafting Zach, Zach Wilson. But right now, it's wide receiver. And But if Zach Wilson, uh, um, if he gets drafted, I, I think there's going to be booze. Uh, coming out of the draft, and it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. A lot of drama. It would drama. be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. It's crazy time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. We we took this, you know, swoop out there. If you're still listening, man, we we're rolling Sixers, hop back into the Eagles. You know, no time for the Phillies today. But listen, guys, uh, I think as a as a you look at a big picture standpoint here, uh, we can't help but talk about this Eagles team because of how just just crazy the offseason is, how crazy it's going to be coming up to this free agency period, this draft, so many different directions. One of the one of the more intense discussions we've had on the Philly Experience podcast, and are about two years of doing it, has been this debate of of the Zach Wilson, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, uh, offensive piece, defensive piece at the draft. So, T, if they keep Jalen Hurts and he does poorly this season, I just want you to know we're going to make some sort of bet out of this because I'm not letting you. I'm not letting you free skate by without. Owning up to your mistake, so we'll talk about that privately. But until then, guys, if well, you first and foremost, well, first and foremost, <laughs> first and foremost, look, 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 look. All right, that's fine. You, we, you can set up a bed anytime, any place. All right, that look, I, I, it's on. All right, it's absolutely it on. on. All right, we can set something up easy, and then we can tell the people what what eventually is going to be. But look here, man. I don't care what quarterback you are. I don't care if you're Tom freaking Brady. I don't care if you got seven rings and you're the greatest of all time. If you don't have no damn playmakers around you, you ain't going to do squat. What did Jack Carson Wentz do last no. year or two years ago? Yeah, he had weapons around him. Yeah, no, he did not have weapons around you're him. You're talking team. about two years what ago. What did he have? You're talking about what two weapons? years ago. I'm talking about the when, the season where he got speared by Jadavion Clowney. What weapons did he have? He carried a bunch of bombs all the way to the playoffs. Okay. The Seahawks. Yeah, and he that had was no the, playmakers. Yeah, and that None. was towards the end of the damn season. And that was only because the division is 
freaking week. I don't care, T. You're saying, oh, we need playmakers. This guy single-handedly threw for over 4,000 yards. The leading guy on his team was Greg Ward, somebody that was terrible. You cannot give me that. <sighs> anyway. Carson Wentz was able to do it, and I guarantee you Jalen Hurts will not be able to carry the same sort of receivers he, further on than Carson Wentz. Did. It just won't happen. Yeah, we put. Yeah, we definitely you know, have to bet on this, man. <laughs> you know what I like about this? I, I like being the third party in this, so, so I – Go ahead and prove both of you wrong because I, I'm not in this right now. I'm just observing, and I can't wait to see one of you guys very upset in this upcoming uh, draft preview that we have. Set I don't want to hear that. You're a Jalen Hurts homer. You know what, guys? Hey, I'm I'm an Eagles fan. I want to see Jalen Hurts successful. Yes, yes, that's I think all. We could all agree we want to see some sort of success. Oh man, right? but before, I think we can all agree. before we guys get out of here, I got one question to ask. Um, and this is this is more or less a general question. Speaking of Carson Wentz, and you know we've seen big guys being traded this offseason being traded or released this offseason you know Carson Wentz you know most notably here being traded you know we have the trade between the Detroit Lions and the Los Angeles Rams with you know Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff and you know we have Deshaun Deshaun Watson wanting out and we have JJ Watt just signing with the Cardinals do you like the fact that these big superstars on these teams have basically any right at any time to basically say, okay, I don't want to play for you guys anymore. Do you think that's good for the league? Do you think that's good for their brand? I think they can do whatever they want. They're the starting quarterback. Uh, they, they're what puts the team together. They're in charge of the team. And I think now, of, of course, you, you can't sign a huge contract and say, all right, I'm leaving next year when your team doesn't do good. That's not, that's no. not what a leader does. No. But if you're a guy like Deshaun Watson who was told something – told that he was going to be involved in the head coaching um, hiring and he just woke up, saw a text on his phone that he had a new coach and he had no idea, no conversation about it at all. And they go ahead and the, the season prior, they traded his buddy uh, DeAndre Hopkins without discussing it with him. That's not all right. And I understand where, where Deshaun Watson's coming from. And also you have Matthew Stafford, very respected in the league as well. And, and he, there, there was a trade, and the teams almost got kind of an even sort of deal. You have Jared Goff, who, who's got more years left than Matthew Stafford, obviously, and you get draft, draft picks for that wise. But, yeah, I don't think every quarterback can go ahead. Like Carson Wentz, he, he definitely wouldn't have had the leverage to say, I want to leave right now, but it worked out for him. He, he did leave. But you have a guy like – Who's an example? Like a younger guy, like Baker Mayfield. Um, say say the Browns. Obviously, they don't make the say the Browns don't make the playoffs the first three years, uh, four years. He can't go out and say, "All right, I don't want to be on this team" because that's not how it works. That's it. He's a rookie quarterback. He still needs to establish himself. What leverage does he have? He's not like a Matt Ryan, uh, a Ben Roethlisberger, a guy that can you know speak to these guys because he's more than half their age. That's not how it works. But I do see, if we're talking about the Deshaun Watson situation, I do agree with that situation. And I think he's he's doing what he deserves to be able to do, and that's hold out until his team's better or until he's dealt with. I can't say anything better than that. I think he took the words right out of my mouth. Completely great examples. And uh, listen, the guys like Deshaun Watson, of course, like the, the, the walking into Houston right now and going into that building and know how big of a dumpster fire it is, 
you know, of course I would want out of there. Screw that. You know, I'm losing DeAndre Hopkins. I'm losing JJ Watt, the leaders who have been there for so many years. Like, of course I would want out. So uh, a lot of it depends on tenure. A lot of it depends on, you know, are you accountable? You know, are you respected? Things like that. Um, and we can dive into that even further, of course. But um, I, I agree with, with everything Tanner said, of course. Every situation is different um, when it comes to especially superstars in the NFL. So with, without further ado, guys, if you enjoyed this episode today, make sure you're following us on Instagram at the Philly EX or excuse me, at the Philly experience podcast on Instagram and at the Philly EXP one on Twitter. And I definitely do agree with you guys. Um, yeah. It, you're a superstar. You know, you should have some say in the team. I mean, I mean, look, if you're committed, if you're going to be committed to a franchise and you're supposed to put your best foot forward, that franchise got to be committed to you. They got to put players around you. They got to, you know, help you in some way, shape, form or fashion. You know, it, it, it's just it's the it's today's sports. You know, it, you have to cater to the superstar. These guys are coming in, you know, with pedigrees and things of that nature. And look, I'm not saying that you have to massage every ego. And I think the way Carson Wentz went out was completely wrong and it was you know that we've already discussed that but you know it it's the it's the way the NFL goes and look if you're not doing what you're supposed to do the player's going to hold you accountable and and that's as simple as it is and, uh, as teams now you're just going to have to step up to the plate and accept the fact that these guys can yes they can basically call you out and say that you're not doing your job and they want better so look as fans we just got to accept, accept that that's all well said T well said definitely Nobody cares about hockey, Max. We know it's hard. You dumbass. I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. That was pretty good, guys. All right. Good work.